Hi, welcome to our first Pont Bamelach podcast. I am Devora, uh, sitting at my kitchen table alongside of David. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you here in, well, literally our home. Uh, it's 8-12 on a Monday night. It is not um, a given that you would be here at this hour. Yes, a lot of things happen at the bakery, always. <laughs> Doe is king. Doe is king, so I feel like um, that's probably the motto of our past three years. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, though I can't imagine why you would ever listen to this if you didn't know us. I also am not sure you would listen to it if you did know us, so we might have a very limited market of my mom, if she could figure out podcasts, and maybe your mom, maybe our kids. <laughs> um Anyway, we feel like, you know, why not? This is a really cool platform to talk about what we've built in the past three years and what we hope to continue building. Yeah, it's been quite, it's been, a lot has happened. <clears throat> I don't even know how this got started. Um, I guess that's a really good place to begin, Dave. That was a really good segue <clears throat> that we didn't even practice. But um, yes, that's a great question. How did this all begin? Meaning that's really where where this all starts from. So I guess let's first say uh, we have an artisan sourdough bakery in Gush Etzion. One is on this gorgeous kibbutz, Kibbutz Rosh Tzurim. We have a nice, cute little artisan bakery there. And then we have a second bakery in Efrat. But let's say, let, let's be honest, like, oh, I guess this is also good. We're about to celebrate our 20-year anniversary. Happy anniversary to us. Next week. Next week. 20 years ago, could you have imagined that this would have happened? Did not see this one. Did not see this one coming. Did not see this one in the cards. No. I guess, uh, like, what do you think we would have been doing? We, I mean, we knew we would be doing something unorthodox and kind of different, but I didn't see this happening. Right. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think that it would be bakery. Oh, I definitely didn't think it would be bakery either, but 20 years ago, I guess, I sort of thought, like, we'd be in the education world. You were studying to be a rabbi. I was very supportive of that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and we're going to be teachers and educators. That was really the plan. Yeah, yeah probably, probably with, with, a, with a nice focus on informal side of education. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess if I had to title our, our life story, I'd be like, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> That's what we would say now. A love story. <laughs> happen a love story yeah so i guess we will not reflect on 20 years because podcast listeners are not that generous that seems like an inordinate amount of time um but let's i guess like how do we get to the place where we're sitting at our table at 8 15 on a monday night and like our dinner tonight was like half scavenged from the bakery things and like a bread that came out and soup that was left over at the restaurant how did we get here this is cheaper than therapy, Dave. <laughs> depends who's listening. It's true. It depends on the comments. Depends on the <laughs> comments. Okay, let's say this. Meaning, when did you start sourdough? Uh, sourdough started... No, no. I was like, when did you start sourdough? But you want to go all the way. Go all the way. Go. Yeah, so it really started with me um, baking kosher matzos with my students in school. I found a guy around the corner who had this supermarket and a really nice guy. And we, and uh, yeah, in Shari Chesed. In Shari Chesed, Yerushalayim. <clears throat> and I found out that he baked matzos with his family the month before Pesach. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Nobody does that. I was like, well, can I come over and 
bake matzahs with you guys and see what this is all about. He's like, yeah, sure. I like the part where I can just edit over what you're saying because our kids were so little when you started to do that. Do you remember? You were so excited. Do you remember? You were, you were so excited to buy a matzah oven and bring it home and start baking matzahs and our kids took one look. Do you remember? Our kids took one look the first year and they're like, we're going to sleep. Like nobody stayed up that first year to bake matzah. Right. I was doing this all for my family. And then instead it was really... They all went to sleep. They all went to sleep. But you always had a lot of people in the house because it's nerdy fun. And we live, let's be honest, in a very nerdy, lovely, nerdy fun community. Fair enough. A shout out to Alone Schwoot. You're all invited to come visit us. But when you put that matzah oven out, we became like the place to be for the two weeks leading into Pesach. This would be a good point to say also, like there isn't good cable TV here either. So we were all that was, that was available. So we started baking those matzahs and then some communities were like, hey, you know, can, can we come? Can we come? And I was like, well, we can kind of bring it to you. And we started oh. taking out to these different did communities. Did you do that? Did you go to America to bake matzah before we were in Cleveland that year? I did not, but I gave a professor from Weizmann Institute uh, a ride, a tramp hitchhike oh, in yeah, Israel. And we started talking about this matzah thing. He's like, well, that's crazy. Like... Would you, would you come down to do it by, oh. with us? And I was like, I guess so. Again, this is another, you're touching on one of the themes in our lives, in our 20 years together, which is uh, David always meets a guy. Meaning the start of so many of the stories in our lives are that you've, you met a guy. So this is you met a guy in a tramp and then started baking matzahs. Was it for religious and not religious right. families? <clears throat> yeah, they had a community outreach thing. And they wanted to do this. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And it was about three or four years that I went down and we baked matzahs with this community. And it was <clears throat> really... I think the we is the royal we. Like, I, I did not do that. Right. No, no, yes. no. That's right. another theme in our 20 years. Yeah, Devor doesn't touch dough. Devor doesn't touch dough. Let, Meaning... Let me, let me say one thing about the bakery. Um, if it wasn't for me, there wouldn't be bread. And if it wasn't for Devor, there wouldn't be any customers. It's very nice. He says that a lot. It is very nice that you say that. But yes, I think it's meaning true. The, the deal was when we started that I would never touch dough, that I would do anything else, but I would never touch dough. It's because I micromanage. <laughs> this is such cheap therapy. It's amazing. <laughs> you could be my guest every single week. Um, yes, when we started, I'm, I'm meaning, not going to be your guest. No, what do you oh. mean? Don't you think we have such a cool... You can come back, meaning okay. you're invited back, but listen, I have such a long list of fun people. Great. I think you should feel happy that like you're the first one on. Great. <laughs> okay, so you're going to your hovo and you're baking matzahs, and you're baking matzahs in our house. I have to say that I have a very strong memory. It's like Erev Pesach. Like, there's some kind of super Jewish thing about doing it like the day of Seder. Baking for the Seder. Baking for the Seder on the day of Pesach. As you're not getting ready for the Seder. So I'd say like all the hardcore lovers of... Tradition. Like intense halacha. Like I feel like most Hard, people hardcore. are not. Yeah. Hardcore <laughs> lovers of intense halacha. They would be the ones to show up in our kitchen, Erev Pesach, when I'm cooking for Seder, setting up for Seder, dealing with the kids. And let's be honest, my parents would come, your mom would come. There were always guests floating around. I always made an effort. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I still stand on this. <laughs> that yeah. high percentage of the work for the Seder was done. I, I totally agree with you. Floor. I am. I'm not. No, no. There's no martyr done. I don't what think I'm you've saying. ever agreed to that. Yes. There's, <laughs> there was a lot done, but that doesn't mean at like two o'clock Arab Pesach, I want 25 men in my house, mostly men, because women were still preparing for Seder, even though, you know, I, I thought that I would be able to redeem myself by quote unquote, doing it all myself. 
so that you would be able to relax a little more or pace off. <laughs> I think one year, I think maybe even more than one year, there was somebody here playing the violin. Saxophone. Saxophone? I thought it was a violin. Maybe. I think it was a violin. Oh, you say hollow when you bake monsters. Yes. So there was a lot of, there was, yes, let's go again. There was singing in the house, men with either a saxophone or violin. I actually think I'm going to fact check. I think it was a violin. Um, and like, it was like the, right before Pesach, it was the craziest thing. And it's intense. So Oh, oh, that's another it's thing. All, you know, you're like, oh, at least have the kids. Like, no, 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 go away. Don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, you only can do, that's like a little, let me, it'll be my Dvar Torah for this episode. Meaning it takes 18 minutes to bake matzah. You don't have more than 18 minutes. And Dave, who is like Rabbi Dave and like loves halacha, like you put the fear of God in everybody that comes. Generally a soft-spoken person. Oh, yes. No, usually you're I very think. nice. Yes, yes. You're lovely. Meaning you can call, anybody that wants to call in for character reference. He's a really lovely guy. But the 18 minutes of matzah and keeping it kosher, that was particularly intense in our house the day of Pesach while we're preparing for Seder. Yeah, we'll some, just stipulate some, to that. Somebody else came out. Yeah. Yes, no, like halacha man. Yes. Fine. But you disappeared. Okay, so that was our Pesachs for many years. And I would say slowly our kids got involved, although I would say not all of our kids. Mm-hmm. I guess recently, like last year, our kids were all involved. They're a work in progress. We love them very much. But um, it wasn't like, it wasn't this like nurturing family bonding experience that we thought it would be. It was definitely like more of a community experience. Well, the excuse to get into it was, hey, this guy in Shari Chesed has his whole family and his son-in-laws and his daughters baking matzahs. What a beautiful thing. Beautiful. And I'm beautiful. like, I want my kids to, and our family to do that. It's such a great thing. Nobody else does it and we can do it. And then they're all sleeping and like biting and yes. stay away. Yeah, that's, I think that that's accurate. That's an accurate portrayal of, I wouldn't even say like most things that we do. Which doesn't mean we're not going to go for round two here. No, so let me just digress for one second. Like, let me give you, like, if I needed to do another story of like our lives together and reflecting on our 20 years and how the hell did this happen, meaning I would always talk about, you know, I would talk about the honey. One year, David, (laughs) one year, David decides that he was going to, we were going to, what's the, what's the right verb? Make your own honey. What is it called? I forgot. Wow. Extract. Extract. We were going to extract honey. So David manages, obviously, another theme. David finds a guy who knows somebody. David gets a honey extractor, and he gets um, hives. Co- and he, right? Kaveret. And he brings in... <laughs> I know, and I'm not sure like how much the mic picks up, but he is sighing a lot right now. You are. With the, I mean, in the I, memory the of... The word. I mean, it's not a hive. It's a... Oh, you're upset about... I thought you were upset a, about... It's what a chalat dvash. I don't know what that is in Hebrew. That is comb. Hebrew. A comb. comb, a honeycomb. David brought the honeycomb home and an extractor. And then actually I have a really lovely picture. So even if it wasn't a great experience, it really looked cute because I had all five kids sitting around it and they extract honey. And at that time I was running that, I was running colicrums.com, really lovely little website. And we had like designed all sorts of honey pots. And so we thought we were like king and queen of the nerdy ball, meaning we were at the king and queen of the prom. Nerdy prom, meaning we have no illusions. And um, what we were going to do is Dave was going to harvest the honey, extract the honey uh, with our kids, and it was going to be so beautiful. And then I was going to put it in our honey pots and on Rosh Hashanah, look at us. We have made honey. We've made our own honey in our own honey little jars. How cute are we? And it was cute until... A hunt, an activity, and a craft. It's all great. Until... Do it. Until... (laughs) We come back from shul, Rosh Hashanah morning. We're sitting, no, 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 worse. We're sitting at Rosh Hashanah lunchtime with a lot of company. So I was like, I can't throw these things out. I'm just going to leave them. The empty honeycombs. Empty honeycombs. Yeah. With a little bit of honey left in them. That's an important point. Yeah. So we're sitting at Rosh Hashanah lunch and (laughs) 
there's I there must have you, you were, leaned the honeycombs up against the dining room window. Yeah, there must so, have been a few hundred Oh no, keep going. wasps. Yeah, meaning if I guess this is like a learning moment okay. and this is a teachable moment. If any of you out there are interested in harvesting your own honey, um, you need to throw away that honeycomb, honey. right? Yes. Yes. Far away. Because otherwise the bees come back and they're like, they're angry because they want that honey and you took it. So we're sitting, I thought we were going to be like smug sitting at that Rosh Hashanah table being like, what up? That's our honey. What up? Those are our honey pots. And instead we were like, holy goodness, because it's Rosh Hashanah, so we used holy words. Holy goodness, there are a thousand bees swarming outside our dining room window. So here's the thing. I think the title here is <laughs> Our Greatest Moments and our, and our Biggest Fights. I don't think that was a fight. Uh, you know what? That might have been a fight. David? Yeah, it was that. It was that. It wasn't like a fight. It wasn't like a sleep on the couch moment. It was like, oh, 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 Dave. It was an oh, Dave moment. So, okay. So now we have our matzah with our saxophone or violin player. We have our honey pots with the angry bees outside. Olive oil. We've done olive oil. Yeah, I mean, Dave's done a whole mess of things that are, like, interesting, yet clutter my backyard. But then, meaning the matzah thing sort of extended into bread. Yeah, because as you study, you know, matzah is this very intense thing in the Jewish world. Yeah. And you're like, well, what's the big deal? Like, why is everybody going crazy about matzah? Like, and, you know, like, why are you being so intense? Why is that crazy guy coming out in 18 minutes? Like, what's going on? So I started researching what matzah is. And the other side of matzah, what's what's not matzah? What's chametz? Right, the other side of the coin. That's how I think you sort of sold it to me at the time. Right, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, the breads we have today have nothing to do with the breads of the time of, you know. Yesterday. Well, I think that yeah, I think that that really that really got you interested. But I would also say there was this idea of you were only popular a week out of the year, like. Two weeks before Pesach, one week before Pesach, you were really popular because well, you made matzah. I wanted to be popular always. Well, we're eldest. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> but you had that. You had Erev Rosh Hashanah. You did honey. And Erev Hanukkah, you did olive oil. Like, there were all these things that were minimum. Like, you were popular, and I would like to say financially viable, um, for those few weeks of the year. And then we needed, like, the flip. Fillers. Fillers. Meaning you were teaching at the time, or you were running <clears throat> programming at the time. But there seemed to be something, like, to fill that gap. So I was like... Well, you could do wine, but like... No, no. That's like... First of all, it's not a, you know, kid or high school program. Also... Two, it's like, it's like one week... It's like one week a year. Where you, you stomp on the grapes. You harvest, you stomp. You know that like, my dad made wine? Do you yeah, know that yeah. story? Yeah. Exploded in the basement. Exploded in the basement. I would never have let you do that. I would have been like too tense about that because I have trauma from like... I don't even know, like all our laundry covered in like wine. Or like sloshing on the ground. I, I couldn't handle that. Right. Meaning I handle mo most other things. I feel like I'm okay. So then I start ruminating. I'm like, well, you can make wine and then mail it to them, you know, six months <laughs> later or two years later. And like, hi, remember so that did this activity? I'm like, oh, it'll work. It's cool. I was like, but wait a minute. Like bread, it's an everyday thing. Also, bread sort of spoke to you mm -hmm. on this very deep level that it does not speak to me on. Do you know what I mean? Like, like sourdough bread. I think bread. you understand why more than I do. Oh, because sourdough bread requires like diligence and patience and focus. And I don't have any of those things. Like I have like, oh, are you my kid and you're hungry? In 12 minutes, you can eat a cookie. And you're like, 
oh, are you my kid and hungry? In 22 hours, I can have a lovely artisan sourdough country loaf for you. Yeah, I can't understand why you're not waiting for it. <laughs> for 22 hours. Children are the worst that way. Fine. So again, so then I would say that I, when you started getting interested in bread, I was very supportive because I thought it meant Paris. Right. So like the same way you find the guy with the matzah and you go hang out with these cool Yerushalayim guys or yeah. whatever, cool, however you define cool. <laughs> or the or the alvo guy and you go in the middle of the night to find the, the olive mill with True. your friends and you take your kids to get the koi and the olive All oil. All things that we've done. You know, yeah. Or you go find the honey guy with the thing and the extractor. Right. So I think I expected that the bread would sort of take us out of the Israel bubble, even though I love Israel, but like I could handle like a week or two in Paris mm. while you did your thing and I would like... Just chill. Right. So there I am, kind of looking around for where... So, yeah, because also all of my teaching was kind of fun when you had a story. Like, you know, I went to, like, this matzah factory. And that's this, your, I mean, that's everything. Everything is good with the story. It's good with the story. The, the, the olive oil guy, you know that they have this thing with the guy with the place. It's really nice teaching that way. You're like, you know, it's really kind of nice. So the Paris was like, you know, I was like, okay, we're going to go to Tuscany. We're going to go to Paris. We're going to go to the Bay Area. We're going to go, we'll do a week uh, course in bread sure, making. Sure. And then uh, I'll come home and we'll, you know, add something else to well, the Like when record. I look back yeah. on it, I can say, like, we never considered what we would do with our children if we did that adventure. Like, I was all in, but I was just going to leave small children at home <clears throat> so that I could just, like, sort of camp follow you around to Paris or, yeah. or San Francisco. There weren't even nanny camps back then. Yes, there were. Yes, there were. Not to your phone in oh, where. I'm going to have to... Have to come home and record <laughs> and then replay back? Like, that's not... Fine. A you don't find... We're, we don't go to Paris because you find an Omaral. Right, an so then, I'm like, then I'm like, as I'm about to find a place, there's a, there's a course in England, there's a course in the Bay Area, there's a course in Tuscany, there's a thing in Paris. And I'm like, there's got to be something in Israel. There's always got to be a guy that does I said to myself, what are we going to do with our kids for five days? So nice that you were the one to think about yeah. that. I'm Googling around, I'm looking around, and I was like, okay, Brad, Israel, whatever. That's like, Israel the, Israel has everything. You just got to find it. And it's not easy to find. But Israel has everything. What? Yeah. Do you think that Anomara was hard to find? Well, I think it was hard to, like, meaning, meaning Anomara is for sure going to be on the show, and he's amazing, and he's really <laughs> just, it's going to be, I can't. I have no words to describe David's relationship to him, my relationship to him, the three of us together. It's like... I, I can't. It's like, he's like a Navi. He really is my Navi. I, I, I treat him that way. Um, <laughs> a little Navi and a little Jesus. That's what I got with him. But, um, but when you found him, it was more a process of like, will he deem you worthy? No, it was like, I was like, hey, you know, I want to learn how to bake. I'm interested in learning how to bake. I, I found a book and I can't figure out how I ended up with this book, The Bread Builders, which is like oh. the first book. And like, I know that as some somebody forwarded me a link. I tried to find it in my Gmail. Who forwarded this to me? I Meaning, I guess this is a great <clears throat> opportunity to say, if you're listening and you were the one to send David that that book or yeah. that link, like I guess we would give you free breakfast at the bakery now. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even wow, yeah, maybe a, even a free tote <laughs> and, a, and a croissant. <laughs> Fine, okay. <clears throat> no, and then the, the, this bread builders guy, this and I was like, this book, and I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna order this book from Amazon. I'm like, yeah, it looks really interesting, and I can I, I can build an oven, and I can do my bread activity. What? So I'm like, <clears throat> and so I'm reading this book, and it's interesting, and I'm like, okay. So I call this Anomaral guy, and I start talking to Hebrew. He's like, you know, you can talk in English. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, all right, I want to learn how to bake a whole wheat sourdough bread on a wood on a wood-fired hearth oven he's like all right <laughs> it's amazing because did you even know what the words meant at the time i didn't know what the words meant 
I was so far, I was so far removed from what you were doing at that point that I was like, I I got nothing. So, uh, so my birthday present that year was spending a day with this guy. I gave you that or you gave it to yourself? You gave that to me. Really? It was one day with me and then one day with you going around to look at, look at places. Oh, yes. I will say that it's very, meaning I'm thrilled that you're announcing that that was what I gave you because my birthday is coming up so soon. So payback will be great. Our kids are coming inside from playing basketball. It's only a humble brag because usually they're playing Fortnite, but we kicked them out of the house. That's nice. Throwing shoes. Um, okay. So you started with the no morale, and then I think you started with him for a bit. Uh, also, there's his side of the story, which I don't know if you want to talk to him no, about. No, or... he's going to come up. Meaning it's yeah. all a... Uh, the unauthorized version of events. So we come, we kind of like mix this loaf together. He brings like kind of a bag of flour. I'm like, whoa, cool, flour. And like, and he brings, we kind of mix this thing up. And he's like, he's like, you know, kneaded on it. And I was like, oh, I'm kneading a dough. And it's like getting bigger. And then I'm like baking and burning it in my oven. Like, whoa, I made a bread. And then like, we burned the pan. There, oh, oh my gosh. You burned all of the stuff in my kitchen. No, you burned I, the baking sheets. Yeah, you burned baking sheets for me. What's wrong with burning baking No, I'm sheets. saying we had to throw them out. Yeah, there was a lot of burning going on at that time. And I would say, like, you started with him, and then we moved to Cleveland for a year of sabbatical, and you were baking through that year You got me a present for my birthday that year, August, right? You got me the Tartine, tartine book, oh, Chad, yeah. Chad Robertson, and some, um, what's it called? Some, some both pans. And then, like, oh, I did and then I took this very seriously, and I was like, um, and I was like, um... I'm going to start baking bread every week. So I, I think I started baking bread in Cleveland, a couple loaves. Well, I remember that Yoni, who was a senior in high school now, but then was in sixth grade, he would take a loaf of your bread. This is like such a classic Yoni story. He would take a loaf of your bread to school, and he'd sell it to, I would say, like Jacob for five bucks. And then Jacob would take a slice of bread, and then he'd turn around and sell it to like Eli for five bucks. And the kids would keep slicing it and selling it for five bucks. They were adorable. Not the brightest cookies in the box, but they were, I mean, that was, that was such an essential piece of who Yoni is and his relationship to the business and bread. But the, you know what? This feels like there's, I feel like there's a lot to say. It doesn't feel like it's going on I feel, for a while. I keep feeling like we're missing all these other parts, but I don't want to go into it too much. <laughs> Well, maybe let's get to the point. This pour, the pouring that we sent bread, low bread out for Mishloch oh, Manot, Cat's Bakery. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did that uh, one here. Who knew? Yeah, I was, I was baking breads here at home, and they, everybody seemed to be nice about it. But. Well, that meaning, because we came back, we, we did a year of sabbatical in Cleveland, and then we came back, and you started here. You built an Alan Scott brick oven in our backyard. Right, thank you. That you were that. very proud of. Yes. Very proud we of. We actually shipped the bricks back on a container from... Oh, yeah, house. because also you shipped a whole bunch of things that I had no idea about, because that was, meaning you would stay, you would teach during the week. Thursday night, you would stay up all night baking. And then you would roll out this bread cart in front of our house with that little glass jar, which I'm, if I'm correct, I think you just gave that jar away. Oh, shoot. We're doing minimalism in our house now. Yes. Badly. <laughs> but, no, no, we're good. But um, so we put a, you put a glass jar out in front of the house and people would put in like 10 shekel or 15 shekel and take a loaf of bread. But for us, I remember Yoni and I came downstairs that first Friday and there was this bread cart built in our house. We didn't even know we owned a bread cart, meaning it was one of those shocking things to us that there even was a bread cart in our lives. Yet we had it. <laughs> it went out. And I think you did that for a year, meaning I think it was a year of Thursday night, bake all night. 
wheel the cart out. Thursday night, big all night, wheel the cart out. So then two things happened. One thing that happened was I like would take like a week or two off or we'd go some go somewhere and people were like, well, where where's the bread? It's not okay. Oh, that's cute. Like, I don't remember like, where, that. Where's the bread? And literally, I was, I was like, you know, dough is king. Like, I was like, once you start, you can't stop. And the second part, the, the second thing was, um, yeah, I really want my backyard. Oh, back. that was me. Meaning I wanted lawn furniture. If I had to rename the bakery today, that's what I would call it. Devorah needs lawn furniture. And you had like a premium spot in our backyard. And also we're in Israel, so backyards aren't huge. They're pretty, you know, they're like, you know, it's like nice, but it's not huge. And again, I thought it would be nice, you know, like... If this bakery thing works, fine. But like, all right, so we'll have uh, every guy wants his pizza oven in the backyard, you know? I don't, I don't think that about every guy. I don't think that's a... a, lot. a well, my, think, my, my kind of guy. You, <laughs> you know. Those ones want brick ovens in their backyard. Yeah, you know, these Italian guys. Oh, those are your guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we started figuring out how to move... The oven out. And that was one of our agreements that you could build it in the backyard, but it had to be movable, even though it was like, I don't know. Six, six metric tons. Six metric tons. How much is that in real people? It's weight. Just a lot. It's a lot of weight. <laughs> and so we started looking in the area, meaning we started, we, there were two kibbutzim in the area. There's Faratzion, which has a lot of industry. And then there's Rosh Tzurim, which has zero, maybe three <laughs> industry. Meaning Rosh Tzurim is like this. It's it's a small kibbutz. We, we found... Um, a machsan, like a storage room. Well, we knew these B'nai Akiva guys who, who started the kibbutz. They came in the 70s and then... Wait, they... it is amazing that we made it through this whole podcast without, like, referencing B'nai Akiva. Like, it feels like that's the essence of who we are in so many ways. Like, met at Camp Stone, ran a million Shabbatones, did, worked in I.O. for all those years, worked in Stone, sent our kids to all those camps. Like, our work ethic and ideology comes from that. And it's so funny that we're like, oh, by the way, on kibbutz for Serene, there are some B'nai Akiva guys. Well, the ideology really was. Like... I don't understand what Hamid says, let's go do it and figure it out. So that the, the, the working with your hands and the reading it in your Bay Midrash kind of meet somewhere. It's a very romantic notion. Sorry. No, no, it's very, I mean, I'm happy. It's a great meaning. I like branding you that way. Like, right. oh, dude, cats. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> no, but there is, that, there is that piece to it that like, you know, it really is sort of this culmination of everything that we've, you know, I wrote educational curriculum for years and you were teaching for years and running workshop for years and sort of the synthesis of like, all right, let's let's yeah. put it into one building. Not get one? Okay, so you find these guys that you know on the kibbutz from forever ago. Right, the Allens and the Mortys, those guys. And they, they let us... And I was us... like, hey, you know, I got this oven and I, I'm looking for a place to put it. I would say in the greater scheme of things, the biggest skeptics that we had... I mean, maybe our parents secretly, but our biggest skeptics was, was the kibbutz. They thought we were nut jobs. Possibly. I mean, I even think to this day, they think like it's been three years and they're like, is this really going to take? Um, I think they thought we were crazy. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. So they have this old uh, building where they used to generate the steam for the kibbutz, for their laundry, for their kitchen and stuff. The steam room, which they stopped using 20 years ago. And it became the repository for all kibbutz junk. I mean, dead people stuff. Yeah, that too. And the guy more is like, hey, you know, it has a chimney. I was like, all right, so we go. And we, my kids are crawling through with a tape measure. And this Anomarel comes. And we're like, well, can we do a bakery here? And we're like, we do a bakery. But like, we also need the workshops. Because like, you do workshops. And like, so like, like, you know. 
Well, there were two things happening, meaning the bread thing seemed okay, but we weren't really sure it was going to take. And we knew you could do workshops because you'd done them for so long. So it felt like we would have these two possible revenue streams that maybe cobbled together could like put food on our table. Right. Something to go with the bread. And so that's how we built a bakery. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's how we built a bakery. That was it. That's how it, that's how it starts. Then, you know, I guess we need a mixer. I guess we need a oven. I went shopping with a normal You know, we worked it out and... We designed the place like crazy. Lots of design. Lots yeah. of design. You know, how much room is for the bakery? How much room is for the workshops? What are the bathrooms going to look, look like? The handicapped bathroom is going to be the men's bathroom or the women's bathroom? There was a lot of... Yeah, I remember a lot of <laughs> the back and forth of that. But I also remember that when we opened... When we opened in June, I guess we opened June. June 18th. A shout out to, I think, David Brofsky, Midrash at Lindenbaum. I think that they were our first workshop. Maybe. I think they were our first workshop and we didn't have electricity and running water. Or windows. I hope we gave them a discount. (laughs) And it sort of just took off from there. So I guess this podcast is really going to be a reflection of like where we are now and some of the cool people we bumped into along the way. I feel like we've bumped into people we would have never met any other way. That's totally true. Also, it's it's really been a it, it's a mind blowing experience. It is a mind blowing experience. All the difference where this is going, where it can go, where it was, where we were, who we are now, what we do now, what what we're trying to do now, what we want to do now. <laughs> There's a lot. So I'm really excited. I think you did great. Did you have fun? In the podcast? Yeah. Will you come join me at our kitchen table another time and talk more? I would, I, I, it's a very, very good feeling. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining. I know I'm supposed to say something about like us on Apple or follow us. or uh, We're sort of excited to see where this goes. Uh, if you have any comments, I guess comment away. And um, if not, I guess I look forward to the next one. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the show. (laughs) No problem. Take care. Bye.